Access more. It's about time because we're going there. Hey, welcome to another episode of We're Going There. I'm your host, Bianca Wattis Oltoff, and I'm excited about today's episode. I mean, I think I say that about every episode, but legit, I'm excited because the guests that I have on today's show are not just people that might have different influences in different spheres, but they have influence into my life. As we were laying out this season, I knew I wanted the season to feel a little bit different. I wanted some to be interviews. I wanted some to be conversations. I wanted some to be practical. I wanted some to be inspirational or instructional. Well, this episode, we are going to be tackling the topic of friendship. Now, I know you're probably thinking like, friendship, why are we going to talk about friendship? I don't know about you, but as I have gotten older, I think I realized that finding and making friends in this season of my life is just different. When you're in high school, you see the same people in the hallway and you get to have lunch together and you hang out on the weekends and you go shopping on Sunday or whatever it is that you do, that it fosters natural time spent with friends. Well, the older that you get, you develop new systems, new structures, new pattern. You think about where are you investing your time? Who do you want to be around? Who do you want to hang out with? Our time is so limited as adults, especially as life and seasons change, whether you are in a new job or maybe you have children or your job requires you to travel. So if community is important, which we'll get into in a second, then how do we cultivate community? So the reason I'm passionate about this is because I remember watching back in high school, an episode of the Oprah Winfrey show. Don't judge me. Okay. Don't judge me. The queen of TV herself had a phenomenal show. Love her. And I remember this one episode where she interviewed a, this group of women. They were longstanding friends and they had stayed the course of time in their friendship. In fact, they had 60 years of friendship to actually prove it. And um, I remember looking at each of these women. I mean, they were, at this point, they were in their 70s and 80s and each woman donned neatly coiffed white hair and wore identical pearl necklaces on their clavicles. And the women called themselves the pearls because they were as tight and connected as a string of pearls. Well, I'm watching, my eyes are glued to the television. I was mesmerized by how they stayed friends for so long. I mean, you're listening to their stories and they're talking about in college and moving away and marriages, babies, divorces, funerals. They had learned the art of friendship so beautifully that the queen of television talk herself read an article about the pearls and she had to bring them on the show. So uh, over the course of the interview, they're recounting their stories about the deliberate effort they poured into maintaining good friendship. Now, I don't know if it was a seed that was planted then, but I just knew that if I wanted to have long-standing friendships, long-term friendships, I was going to have to do the work. And so at watching their story unfold on the Oprah show, I remember asking myself, do I have these types of friendships? Better yet, am I this type of friend? In a world saturated with social media, where we can connect online with friends, fans, and followers, why is real life community and in-person friendship important? More so, why is it hard? I argue that community is important because it is the heart and the nature of God. If the God of the universe places an emphasis on the power of union and bonds and the creation of mankind, can we authoritatively say that it's a priority to God, our maker? Let me back this up a little bit of scripture and then we'll dive into the conversation. But in Genesis 1, God made light and dark and said that it was good. He created land and sea and said that it was good. He created sea creatures and land creatures and he said that it was good. He created man. But in isolation, God recognized that this was not good. Why? because our creator himself existed in community. Genesis 126, God says, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So the triune God comprised of father, son, and Holy Spirit existed in relationship. 
as a remedy for Adam's aloneness, God created a friend and a helper in the form of Eve. Now, for every single person out there who's listening, let me let you know that community and friendship aren't only found in marriage. I mean, think about it. From Moses to Aaron to Batman to Robin, friendship helps in countless of ways. There's a strength in numbers and we are stronger together than we are apart. Let's just ask my wise uncle Solomon who says two are better than one. Hello. Now, finding friends isn't always easy. We need friends in our lives who are willing to go the hard yards with us. And in order to have them, we must also be them. On today's interview, I am interviewing my dearest friends. And I have to say, two of my friends were not able to join the phone call because of schedule conflicts. But on today's episode, I'm interviewing my twin sister, who I have known, well, since birth. I call her my womb-mate, but I'm Jane. Yeah. Yep. Friends, my humor, it can go on all day. Yes. And also Melanie and Brianna. We all met in our high school on a lunch break during freshman year, and we never separated from meeting at the quad. Yes. Our high school had a quad. Like a mixed bag of Lego pieces, we all look different. I mean, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, but we clicked perfectly. We were on sports teams together. We ran high school campus clubs. We planned school dances and were on student council. We did everything together. And so when our senior year rolled around, I thought, how are we going to remain friends through this. And then I remembered the pearls and wrote in my journal what friendship qualities I thought they personified and which friendship qualities I wanted. After we moved away to college, I knew I had to be very intentional because I didn't want to let go of those friendships. On today's episode, we're talking about practical ways that we can make friends, be friends, what those who really don't like friends, <clears throat> Jasmine, talk about in this season of her life and how we maintain friendships over the years. I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. Hi, friends. Thank you for being on the podcast. I'm so excited we get to do this together. And um, this is our opportunity to unveil all of our grievances over the last, I don't know, what, 25 years of friendship? Are you guys ready to do this? Oh, how long do we have? 72 hours? <laughs> no, ideally 30 wow. minutes. <laughs> wow. Way to get us started, Brie. Okay. How about this? Um, Melanie, since you have a memory of an elephant, can you... Um, I just want to give people kind of like a little bit of context for like how long we've known each other and how did we meet? And it can't be like a whole novella. It can't be, you know, 72 hours like Brianna said, but just for a little bit of a nutshell, can you synthesize and make short our Genesis story going back for, I don't know, gosh, 20 years, over 20 years? Definitely over 20 years, probably closer to 30. I actually met Brianna in middle school at leadership camp in Big Bear, California. She don't remember that, but I 100% wrote her a Christmas card that year. <laughs> Absolutely. And in the rest of us met, you two twins had been homeschooling, but you started freshman year of high school with us in La Mirada. Right. And we all kind of met then. Yeah. Quick one, Jasmine, right? would you like to say how you came to want to be my friend? Do you want to share that story? You know, it's ironic. It's ironic because I was initially attracted to your fashion statements. <laughs> I looked at this girl and I thought to myself, she is just the epitome of fashion. And not fashion, F-A-S-H-I-O-N, but fashion. F-A-S-H-U-N. It was fashion. It's like this girl would wear denim shorts. She would wear four-inch maroon suspenders with a white tank top. And then she no, would Jasmine, add the unitard. Disney... Don't forget the maroon unitard. Remember? Oh, yeah. She wore leggings oh, like under her shorts with Birkenstocks <laughs> and, and would add a Mickey Mouse, like, huge 18-inch button. 
And this girl would walk around and she would just own it. And I would look at her and I was like, any girl that could dress like that and have that much confidence, like she needs to come correct. Okay. So clearly there's over 20 years of friendship. And so what I want to do is I kind of want to unpack really quick. Um, the, the conversation that I have with a lot of people when they hear about ha- me having friends going back all the way since I was like 14 is wait, how are you guys still friends today? And so we can't all talk over each other, but I just, when, um, when we talk about this concept of like friendships and longstanding friendships, I, I want to know a little bit. And again, try to make it as like simple as possible. But what do you think were some of the hallmarks that have remained over the last two decades of friendship that have allowed us to remain still friends? I mean, I think in a large part, it's it was accidental in that I don't think any one of us started high school like, these are going to be my lifelong friends. Look at all these amazing qualities they have and like people that I will grow old with and do life with forever. I don't I mean, speak for yourselves, but I don't think we had even the capacity to have that like intention when we were choosing our friends. I think we got really, really lucky or let's say blessed because it's Bianca's podcast um, in that we found each other and then we just grew with each other so that we can't we can't disown each other anymore. It's family like we're blood. And so that makes it really special because as we grow and as we change and as we evolve, we do so individually, but we also do so like in our friend group. And there's just no getting rid of, there's no getting rid of us. Like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> no divorcing with our friend group because we're, we're in for life. I'm going to pop in here and say, I think there's something in the dynamic of a group because there are certainly moments, B, you and I were talking yesterday about, remember when you used to hate me? But because, like, in the moment that I hate Bianca, me and Brie are still cool, and Brie and B are still cool, yeah. so we're stuck. It's like, because yeah. of that group dynamic, we, like, one fallout is not enough. And I think it should say, this is Bianca talking. And side note, Jasmine is also my twin sister. For the, so for the new podcast listeners, they really, might be confused by our voice and tonalities. But So this is Bianca speaking. Melanie's uh, like alluding to a text message we were going back and forth with because we, remem- we were reminiscing over moments where we had like, I shall call hot spots. Moments where maybe I frustrated her or she frustrated me, whatever the case may be. And then we were talking about, well, we all had hot spots. We all had issues with each other. But to attest to what Mel's saying, it was like we had this, this dynamic where we were all stuck together and we were able to share our grievances, And even still to this day, we share our grievances with each other about each other. But at the end of the day, we know like we're going to make it through and we're going to be friends for a really long time. So it is Jasmine talking. And I think that as people are listening, I think it sounds nice. Like we're stuck with each other. There's no divorcing our friendship that we would find siloed conversations that we're all not simultaneously annoyed with one person at any given time. But people want to know the how. And I think that the first step of the how would be like to be unrelentless in showing up in the best way you know how. And when you can't show up as your truest self, that you're clearly communicating to your friend what you're capable of at that time. And there's been plenty of times in our conversations where the the four of us will be on a text message stream and um, somebody will say something and somebody has to say, you know what, that really hurt my feelings and I'm going to exit this conversation right now because I can't deal with this. Or somebody will say, well, can you go deeper? Like, what do you mean about that? And it's like leaning into the hard conversations and then understanding that everybody is approaching it from a place of love, love and trust. Any relationship can withstand the test of time as long as you have 
clearly defined, that you love each other above all else, you trust what the other person is saying, and then continuously showing up beyond that. I love that. I love that you're giving us practical handles on the how. So speaking of the how, we have alluded to conflict between our friendship groups. And Brie, I remember sitting in a parking lot here in Orange County, California. (laughs) This was like, gosh, this was like five years ago. And I remember- Are you going to bring up the cooking class story? Wait, wait, what was that? Are you going to bring up the cooking class story? Different parking lot. Different parking lot. This wait, is a pedicure yeah, parking is, lot. I, this okay. is a pedicure yeah. parking lot. Oh, this is a pedicure parking lot. Okay, okay. Wait, uh, what, we have a, to talk a lot about of our conversations because we ghetto as all get out. Like, we, we have conversations in our car because most of us <laughs> were living with our parents at various times or living with, like, crewmates. So, okay, I'm sorry. I jumped in. I totally, this is your podcast and I'm railroading it. I thought you were going to bring up the cooking class story because that was a good one too. Wait, what's the cooking class story? And were we oh irritated with each other? At Sir Latab, yeah, like we, went we to weren't cooking. irritated. We were just ghetto, and we got we took a cooking class to celebrate all three of your Aries birthdays, and then we had champagne out of paper cups in a SUV in a parking lot. Doesn't <laughs> don't people do that? I, I thought, but wait, wait, we didn't we didn't have some like coming to some moment of like, hey, we need to like clear the air after a cooking class, and then like Dixie cup champagne. <laughs> like, did we not? Did we not? I don't remember. If, I, if we did, I don't remember what it was. Okay, well, I'm sorry, Michael. Please go on. Go on with the other with the other reconciliation. In true friend group form, one conversation has led to four other conversations, and this was the pedicure conversation where Bree and I. I knew that I was feeling a certain way because I felt like Bree and I had distance between us, and so I had said like, "Hey, we should go get pedicures." Bree had no idea what was going on. I think Bree, I don't want to speak for you, but I think you felt like everything was fine. And I just kind of had like this conversation with you in the car. And this whole story was literally just to talk about not sitting in a car for an hour before we got our pedicure, crying and then hugging at the end, but really to talk about the conflict resolution. Because at some point, whether it's a group of friends or just one friend, you're going to have conflict. I want to talk about at what point do you decide this conflict is worth fighting for? Because this is a friend that I want to have in my life for a long time. Because all of us are going to face conflict at one point or another. And I face conflict with people that I'm no longer friends with. So do you guys have any like thoughts, feelings, helpful hints on how do you resolve conflict with someone that you want to be in your life forever? I mean, I think it's also, (laughs) I remember that conversation and I think the surprising part to me, and I think this goes to just show our difference in personalities, is you were in that conversation saying to me specifically, I don't think you like me anymore. And I was so blown away by that because I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, yeah, I'm pissed and I hold a grudge because I'm Brianna, but um, I would never not like you or not want to be your friend. It was such a like, but how you were experiencing my grudge holding, which could win trophy competitions at any time and point, like was that I didn't like you anymore. And so of course the air had to be cleared because that wasn't the truth for me, but that's how you were feeling after probably too long of a time of not discussing things. And so, um, yes, we're all different and that's kind of one hurdle, but also just, I have my issues, which grudge holding is one of them, but also being able to kind of just communicate and get to a point where I honestly don't even know what the actual issue was that had gotten us to that point to pedicure car conversation. It literally doesn't matter, but we had to have that conversation to be able to be where we are today. So I'm happy that it happened and I'm thankful that you called me out and I was able to kind of like shed tears on, on the fact that I had made you feel that way because it was never my intention. 
one of the things in conflict resolution is actually calling the other person out and not in a mean way, but just trying to clear the air. But I will have to say the second thing that I think has been super great in conflict resolution is I processed this with Melanie. I said, Hey, I'm feeling a certain way. And Melanie's like, you should say something to Brie. I was like, well, I'm not going to beg for her friendship. Like if she doesn't want to be my friend, she doesn't have to be my friend. That's okay. Maybe the season's done. Maybe 20 years of friendships down the drain. It's not <laughs> worth fighting for it anymore. And Melanie was like, I think you should have a conversation with her. And it was having a sounding board, having sound wisdom, just say, hey, you probably should have this conversation and be honest with the way that you're feeling. That led to us to have like a great conversation about it. And here we are still friends this much longer. Mel, Jazz, any thoughts on conflict resolution or resolve worth fighting for? I'll say first, it seems like I'm pretty wise and probably you both owe me a pedicure for that moment. But I'll say this. I had, I I just think it's really important. Like when we're in this moment of decades on decades of friendship, it's important just to remember who the people are. So like I had a moment, this was probably a month ago when I am going through a divorce right now. And I was going on my very first date with a new person at the moment that Jasmine pipes in and was like, look at my happy marriage. And I was like, I'm never not happy for my friends. Um, I, I, I actually experience happiness for my friends in such a visceral way. There's a Sanskrit word for it called mudita, which actually means joy, but sympathetic joy. So when I'm watching Bianca have her vacation in Burgundy, I might as well be eating those snails. That's how good it feels to me to, for you to have joy. It's like the opposite of schadenfreude. Anyway, so Jasmine sends this picture of this ring that her husband, who we all met together in high school, has given her. And I'm like, I'm starting over right now. And it felt so hard to see that. And I was like, Jazzy, I love you, but this timing was terrible. And then I thought about it. And then I go into the bathroom on my date and I said, Jay, I'm sorry. I think that was snappy of me. I didn't mean to be snappy. Please never stop sharing your happiness. The timing was just hard. And her instant response was like, girl, I'm sorry. Why are you saying sorry to me? My timing was wrong. And I feel like as we have grown, I'm just very appreciative of the way that, you know, I'm not going to rewrite who Jasmine Starr is this many years into the friendship. I always can go back to nothing she's ever doing is coming from an ugly place. Never to me. Nothing I'm ever doing is coming from an ugly place to her. And I think that's just always great to remember. And as we, I mean, we fight way better than we ever fought. And I wouldn't even have called that a fight. It was just a thing where I felt away and she was like, sorry, I didn't mean to make you feel that way. And I was like, great, cool. And then we're cool. That's all it is. Like we've, we've grown up a lot to be teenagers to now into this period of our, like an entirely different season of life. We've grown a lot and we've grown together and we stimulate growth in one another. Yeah. So Jazz, when we talk about like longstanding friendships, longstanding relationships, do you ever think that we should just stay friends because it's we're so far into this. Like it would be more effort to stop being friends than to continue being friends. <laughs> That's the saddest perspective ever. I hey, it's a question. I'm hosting. I'm hosting. I, I should hope not. I should hope not. But I also think that it's like such a good perspective to have. It's just like we have to learn how to re-accept each other as we get older. Mm. And, you know, it's never an easy conversation to actually say how much we have changed. And, you know, I will never forget sitting at Rogers Gardens with Brianna and having to explain what somebody can expect from me as a friend now. I had started a a few businesses at the same time. I had just become or on my way of adopting a daughter. 
and I was completely overwhelmed. And just yesterday, like as we're putting together this like podcast, everyone's like, what day, what time can we get work? And then, you know, it's like a joke, but they're like, well, Jasmine has her calendar plan like seven months in advance. I don't know if she can squeeze us in. And I'm like, I listen, I, I live and die with my Google calendar. And so it was a hard conversation to sit across from your best friend and say like, listen, this is my life. I don't, I, I'm, I'm not the same person and I don't have the same schedule. And it was totally up to Brianna to say, I accept the terms of this person now. And I, that is a gift to me. I can't expect her. I can't expect for her to automatically just say, I accept you in every iteration of your life. And it's like the clearly defined of like, hey, this is what's expected of me. Like, hey, yeah, I do put things on a calendar really far in advance. Do you accept this level of friendship? Some people don't. I have lost plenty of friends who don't know how to accommodate or adapt with who I've become. And then there's just some red or dies who are like, listen, it's not how it used to be. It is how it is. And we hope it will also change in the future. And I think that that's an important thing to accept is like yeah. redefining the friendship and accepting it. I love that. I love that. So as we go into like adulthood, so when we, 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 again, we met at 14 and we saw each other five to six days a week, we were in high school together. And then even post high school graduation, everyone went to different colleges. And yet we were very intentional about either flying to Arizona to go visit Brianna and Jenny or going up to LA to go visit Melanie. So we still remained in contact because we were super intentional, which I think is like a huge value in relationships is that you have to be intentional. But I feel like intentionality gets harder and harder the older that we get. And then our ecosystems of life change. So, you know, we're getting married and people are having kids or in my case, blended family and inheriting kids. It was like, everything's changing. So how has friendship as an adult been harder than friendship in high school or friendship when we saw each other or friendship by proximity? Because I know there's somebody out there that's like, especially with the pandemic, realizing, hey, these friends that I thought were my friends, I couldn't hang out with them. And I actually am not sure they are my friends. And yet reinvigorating and reinstituting friendships from years before. So what are some of the hard parts about being a friend as an adult? And then maybe some ways that you have found that served you well, whether in this friendships or in other friendships. Jasmine. Okay. So I, I kind of wanted to jump in here based on where I left off is that like, I set the terms of like, this is what I'm able for. But the dark side of that is being jealous of seeing my friends hang out with other people. Like, honestly, mm. like the big hoop Latina comes out and I'm just like, who's my, who's my, who's my best friend hanging out with? Who's my best friend? I don't know you. And there's like, you having inside jokes now? Like, oh no, no. And so the dark side is that when you ask for what's needed, that you have to like let your friends make new friends. And that's sometimes really hard to watch, mm. but similar to how Melanie celebrates Bianca in France, enjoying it. I have to learn how to taste the wine and the snails and with equal parts of celebration of how that person is expanding and ho hoping that we grow together. That's great, Brie. Um, I, I don't know why I put I love finger. that you raised your hand. But, this is a podcast and no one can see you, but I'm letting everyone know that you raised your hand like a very studious A-plus student. So yes, Brie. Thank you. Thank you. I just feel like, especially because I think I hang out with you specifically the most in this season. And yeah. what I've even learned from you is from intentionality. Like we squeeze in. Oh, I love you. Whatever we can. And I think you realize because we talk about love languages that play a part in friendships as well. And quality time is one of mine. And you didn't get that for many, many years, but then you started <laughs> to understand. And so you'd be like, you need time, right? Like, <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's, 
so it has to be intentional because of your schedule, because I have two small kids, et cetera. But even when it's like, hey, I have an hour to get coffee, like let's make this mm. work. But also yeah. one thing I've noticed that you've said to me recently is that it doesn't need to be me always asking you, which in my mind, I thought like Bianca's a busier one. So she'll just tell me when she's free, but it needs to go both ways. But especially I think for anybody who has become a mom, for instance, because I think that's like a big one, um, yeah. especially when you're a new mom, you are not like set free from being responsible for continuing your friendships and putting in the work and making plans with your friends that are not play dates. <laughs> like you still have to do that work as well. So it's on me to ask you like, hey, when are you free? When can we have a cocktail? When can we get together? When can we watch, you know, Selling Sunset. Hello. Hello. <laughs> all, of, all of those fun things. Um, but it looks different, of course, when it was in high school. Yeah. It's it's very intentional. It has to go on the calendar. It has to fit in all the other realms of who we are at this stage in life. But um, it can be done. No I matter love that. What. Okay. So what That's I heard what from meant. Jazz is giving space for new friendships and relationships to develop without there being a sense of jealousy or pining. I heard from you, Brie, about being intentional about setting up dates. And that was me being intentional with you. But then I have to give credit where credit's due. So shout out to Dr. Karen, um, my counselor, because she's been really instilling me like, Bianca, you have to tell people what you want. Otherwise they'll never know. No one can read your mind. And so I was just, we had an honest conversation. We went to tea not too long ago. And I said, Hey, if you've noticed, I've asked you out to hang out for like the last six or seven times. So I'm not going to ask you out anymore. You have to ask me out. So it feels like there's reciprocity. So I was able to articulate what did I need? And I think it's super crucial for successful relationships is stating, I do want to hang out with you, Brie. I just don't always want to be the initiator. And I was realizing there's this pattern in my life of like people waiting for me to initiate hanging out with them. And everything I've heard from other people is like, oh, well, you, you, you seem so busy. You seem so busy. Well, yeah, but I still want to have friends. And so I love that. Mal, do you have anything to add to this juicy conversation, these handles and tips that we're giving people for relationships? I mean, I will say that even as we are apart and y'all three are in Southern California, I've been living in New York for almost a decade now, which is hard to believe. So there's a lot of physical distance that exists between us. And I will say that there is something in the connectivity of just tiny little reach outs, tiny little, mm. I mean, we have a text thread that exists pretty much at all times. Yesterday I was like, y'all, I have a party. Is this the outfit I'm wearing? Tell me what shoes, like it, it doesn't matter what the thing is. If anyone's shopping, it's always a fashion show. If there's <laughs> just, I woke up and thought of you, I get all the time, you know, praying for you today. What do you need this week? kind of moments. And I think that that kind of connectivity is important. And then to kind of jump on what Jazzy said about, here's where I am in my life. How can you accommodate me? I think we love one another enough that we will make those accommodations to where I've, I flew out to Cali not too long ago. And Jazz was like, hey, listen, I have an hour at 6 a.m. Meet me for a walk on the beach. And we did it. Or she's... Oh my God, I'm such a diva. I'm sorry, friend. I literally... Brianna is looking at you. Brianna is looking at you like staying face, like 6 a.m. What are you doing walking in the dark? <laughs> Listen, I, I mean, and I'm down for it because it's it's that valuable to me. But even to just, you know, you're a diva and I'll, we'll all admit it. We love you. We love the diva in you. But she comes to New York and is like, girl, I got 5.30 hot yoga. If there are two things I don't do, it's 5.30 and hot yoga. <laughs> But I do that for Jazzy. And I, I think it's easy enough to make the choices. And I've, I'm accommodated. I've been to Cali since I gave up my apartment there and stayed at Bree's house and stayed at B's guest house. 
which is a bonus for any of y'all I just, who want to see I'm just going to say that you're going to prophesy guest house because it's just a guest room, but I, I will believe that it is a guest house in Jesus' name. Hello. Somebody amen that. <laughs> it comes with its own sommelier whose but, love language is finding the wine that you've never heard of that you will love more than anyone. That so, is true. You're shout welcome out to anytime. <laughs> Okay, so this is the question. Uh, I don't want I don't want to belabor the point, but I think this is super important because there's gonna be somebody out there that's just like, yeah, but as an adult, where do I meet new friends? How do I find new friends? And I know it feels remedial and it might feel a little basic. I know Jasmine, Jasmine's over here writhing and freaking out because the, the verdict is still out on who is an introvert and who's an extrovert in this group. I like to say that I'm an omnivert, okay? But you guys, everyone answer this question. And everyone okay, say hold, if they're- I, I just, I'm just gonna step up. And three of the four people here don't think that you're an omnivore. Like we, we strongly think that you're most likely. Can we just show the clip of faces when you said what that? What has 25 <laughs> yeah, years of friendship gotten you? No, no. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and let you self-select, Bianca. Thank you, Melanie. Thank you. No, but I've grown up and I'm the youngest. Everybody, <laughs> I'm the youngest and I've grown up. Okay, so this is what I want to do. I, I legit, I want to ask this question um, and you might not have the answer that's okay, but I think there's going to be somebody that's listening out there and they're wondering, well, how do I find friends now? And I think part of this podcast is going to be helping people identify, like identifying who in my life is someone that I want to invest time with and be with. And I'm going to go first and I'm going to say that I'm an omnivert, which means that I'm, I recharge both ways. I can recharge with the right people and um, I can recharge completely alone and by myself. So that means you're an omnivert. You're both introvert and uh, extrovert, depending on the situation. Um, I think for, I'm, I'm passionate about relationships and community in this season of my life and doing work within uh, prisons. Do you know that recidivism drops by 13%, 13% if an inmate gets one visit during their entire stay? So whether that sentence is one year or 10 years, the recidivism, which means the percentage of them being able to, being come back to jail drops by 13% just by a connection point with a loved one. And I think that in this season as adults, we can just kind of write it off and say, oh, well, I'm I'm a mom or I'm really busy with my business. And then we just don't make time for relationships. I think I'm going to go back to the one thing that I said before, and that's identifying what you need. I, I don't need someone who's my next door neighbor that wants to hang out every waking moment, but I want someone who is passionate about transformation and taking care of themselves in all aspects of life, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And so I'm seeking out those people and the same vibe attracts the same tribe. And so who are those people in your life that are vibing um, the same way that you are and desiring the same things that you want? I think that you, if you begin to identify what it is that you need, you'll be able to see what it is that you need. And then you can go ahead. And in the same way that I asked Brie out, in the same way that I asked a lot of my friends to go hang out, I've initiated a lot of relationships in my past just because I've initiated a lot of relationships. So I think if you're looking for a friend, be a friend and ask somebody to go hang out and be intentional about that relationship. It doesn't mean that you guys are going to be kismet matches and, you know, friends for 25 years, but it could lead to really substantial relationships. Anyone else thoughts, insights? How do we make friends now? How do we make and keep friends? <laughs> Jazz is going to stay on mute for this one. <laughs> I'm totally going to stay on mute. For, I, I, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't made a new friend since the Reagan administration. So I feel like I'm kind of like, I'm unqualified. I'm unqualified. In fact, in fact, a prerequisite, and I'm, I'm not even making this up, is that if you want to be my friend, I have to be able to say like, can we be bad friends together? Can we be the friend? Like, I'm probably not going to text you back in like four days. 
I'm not going to be the person that's going to meet you for coffee on the regular. I'm not going to be like, let's go, let's take the babies out on a walk. I'm not that person. So if we can be bad friends together, that'd be great. I'm like, I have capacity for a very small group of people in my life. Like I will show up for my very closest friends in my family. Beyond that, probably lately, I'm just going to keep it real at this point in my life. I'm probably not there. So I, no, that's I, great. I, I actually like the perspective because there's going to be someone out there that's going to hear this and think like, no, I have zero desire for that. So Jasmine, actually, before you continue on eating your lunch on this podcast. Uh, you guys, I had to fit it in my schedule. I literally had to eat my lunch and get on this podcast at the same time. It's you're a great sister. You're a great friend. Thank you. Um, so for somebody out there that's just kind of like, um, I really don't care. I'm more passionate about fill in the blank. Uh, what does community look like? And do you still hold a value for it? Well, you're still making space like community. Like, I don't think that I can float autonomously. I'm not an island. It's just I'm super selective with who my community is. And I'm very fortunate that the group of people that I've chosen to do life with accept me as I am. And so for me, it's not going it alone. It's just choosing a very small group of people and then showing up to the best of your ability to communicate with them and then involve them in the journey to the best of your capacity, but not put any other pressure on yourself. Like, are you fulfilled? Are you happy? Are you serving other people? Do you feel like you're standing in your purpose? Well, then great. Maybe this is just a stage of your life of where you're at. And maybe in 12 months from now, it looks entirely different. Maybe I am that person who's like, it's our standing bi-monthly coffee date. Like maybe that will become me. I hope that then that's the case. But right now I'm fulfilled and I'm just trying to stay in my lane. And I get myself as I am. Oh, I love it. Brie, making, keeping, transitioning friendships. Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of it comes from knowing who you are, like Jasmine said, because, you know, especially in this age in my life, sometimes I feel... I don't know if the word is obligated, but maybe like, oh, I have small kids. And so let me find other people with small kids. But then like being on a play date with somebody you don't vibe with is torture times 20. And so that's not really my thing. Or, you know, being married and wanting to have couple friends, right? So that you can do double dates and do other things. That's great. But then I have to find somebody that I actually want to talk to for the whole dinner. And that's troubling (laughs) at times. So I feel like knowing who you are is really, really important, but um, giving people a chance. I will say that because see, it's so easy for us to do friendship after 25 years. Like we can fall into routine. It doesn't even matter if I haven't seen you in 2.5 years. I can sit down with you and pick right back up. With people that are new, it is that awkward get to know you stage that either will stay awkward because you guys just don't connect well or will become more comfortable. And um, so you have to give people a chance. And so I'm trying to be in a stage of life where if there is like potential or possibility, I'm giving people the chance. I'm like making the effort, even with, even though after dinner, I'm like, oh, I would have preferred to watch Real Housewives, you know? <laughs> no, because this might pay off. So I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> Until I'm sure that I would rather watch Real Housewives. (laughs) Wow. That's a little on the bleak side. But Melanie, you are the friend of many who is so good at being friends. There is not a wall that isn't a friend with Melanie. Melanie. Can I help it if I am a magnetic, charismatic, beautiful on the inside kind of a gal? But I want to say this, though. It is important to, yes, know yourself. But what I would say in terms of making real friends, making lasting friendships, and I'll say this group, save my sisters who are best friends as well, uh, is my oldest group of friends. But I have a similar group of college friends, and I have people that I've met through different work stuff who are really like ace boon at this point in my life. 
And I don't think it's a, merely a matter of me knowing myself. It's a matter of me being myself. And I think that it's difficult in a lot of new situations to be wholly authentically yourself and be like, here's who I am. Here's what I need. Kind of uh, piggybacking off what Jazzy said. If you are not showing up as who you are, there is no way for a person to connect with that person. If you come in like, look, look how fun I am. Let's go drinking. Like just to try and be the person that a friend wants to be friends with, it's not going to last very long. But if you show up like today was hard and I cried for 20 minutes about whatever I cried about, that's going to form the foundation of a real relationship. My friends now are people who know inside and out who I am, what I'm struggling with, what I'm celebrating and vice versa. I think it's it's scary to make yourself that vulnerable when you don't know whether this will last. But with nothing ventured, there's nothing gained. And there is so, so much to be gained. So as we think about and wrap up the podcast, we think about the future. Maybe there's people listening or even just me that I want to know. One of the things I'm learning in this season is envisioning a future and how powerful that can be. And so we can take a look at the last 20, 25 years and celebrate some of the hard things that have happened in life. I'm talking about differences in backgrounds, differences in cultures, differences in understanding. Do you guys remember we got into an argument after watching Sinbad's comedy show, Afro and Bell Bottoms, because we just didn't understand the Black American experience. Or you guys developing a passion and love for Hispanic food and culture because my dad would make you quesadillas all during like high school. I think that there's so much we can look back and celebrate. We watched Jasmine meet her husband in high school. We watched Brianna compete for the Olympics when we were in college. We watched Melanie go on tour with a global pop star in NFL stadiums. And yet here we are. And yet I don't want to look back and retrospectively celebrate our friendship. As we wrap up the show, I want to know, what are you looking forward for the next 25 years of friendship and whether that's ways that we can improve in our friendship or just something that you're looking forward to? What are you looking forward to? Is it crazy that I often, like all the time, I envision Luna's wedding day. I envision my daughter's wedding day. I envision me and her dad and her doing a dance together. I envision recreating like Luna's going to be the first Latina president. And so we'll probably have her wedding somewhere in the White House. And so I think to myself, okay, it's a joke. Why is nobody laughing? Like, I, I, I kind of, well, it's, it's, a half, it's like a half I joke. Laugh. It's like a half I, joke. I just stayed on mute when I wasn't talking. So that's okay. what's happening. Okay, 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 okay. But can you just imagine, can you just imagine like us sitting in a White House ballroom and we have a round table, not for 10, but for 20. And God willing, I have my family members. And when I think of my family members, I think of y'all. And seated there on this table on presidential China, it's like you will be able to look at my daughter and think we were a part of this. Like we prayed this girl into existence and we get to pray her into the next person that she gets to be with. From the warehouse to White House that like I completely refurbished for her wedding, whatever it is. I want my friends there. And I often think about us dancing on the dance floor the same way we did, like at our homecoming dance, the same way that we did at every prom. It's just like, honestly, get some like funk, get some Bruno Mars, and we're going to tear up the floor. Like Luna will be like, mom, please stop dancing. And I was like, no, can't stop, won't stop. My friends throwing up the little pinkies. Hey, I think about it all the time. It's crazy. I love that. I love that. Okay, Mel. 
Well, I don't know why Jasmine's making us wait until Luna's wedding. I've been trying to campaign for a quinceañera, which will come way, way sooner. I don't, she, she hey, will listen. you know what? Let's get my husband on board. Let's get my husband on board. A quinceañera will have, I mean, mariachis. She's going to get a big dress. Come on, give me a reason to throw a party. I will. Okay, you heard it here first podcast. How, how many years do we have? 12 more years? 13? Okay. What am I looking forward to? I just think, I think one thing that I've really recognized a lot in this period of my life where change is so monumental and I'm expanding and growing in ways that I didn't realize I needed to expand or grow or realize were possible for me to expand or grow. And the ways that I'm connecting to my friends right now are, I'm so aware of how remarkable it is that like to think I feel like there are times when I'm like, wow, Jasmine, you were here a long time ago and now here I am catching up to you and we're able to relate in a new place. And when I, when I converse with B, I just feel like sometimes we are so mean on the phone, but cackling <laughs> all the way through it. And I'm like, I just love that we're so open and out there. And it's like, we just, we just have a vibe. I think, I think of things that I have needed when I came to California for my birthday last November and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do for my birthday. This is a weird year. And Brianna was like, Hey, got you. Here's, here's where you're staying in Palm Springs. It's just like the way that we've grown and been able to learn to show up for each other in ways that, you know, we did clumsily as kids, you know, whether it was like, here's money for your prom dress or whatever that moment it just keeps getting better in ways that I, I don't even know how to predict because I never could have predicted where we are today. I love it. Thank you, Mel. Gosh, well, I'll go next. <laughs> um, I know that not everybody is as excited or pumped about like group travel as I am, but um, <laughs> some of my favorite memories <laughs> have been when we can all be together, like doing really amazing things. And so it's my hope. It's my dream. Like my wedding, all of us staying in one villa together, that's perfection to me. Um, I want to do that like every year if I could just to do life together, like where we're at now. So bringing along the kids, bringing along husbands, like going somewhere amazing, whether that's France with snails or Costa Rica with palm trees, like whatever the case may be. I love the possibility of that. I think it was just a couple of weeks ago, B, I like had found this six bedroom house in Punta Mita. And I was like, do you think everybody would be in if we like planned a vacation here? <laughs> Look, they have room service for Jasmine and like, <laughs> <laughs> like that Listen, would just be so there amazing. There has to be room service. Okay? <laughs> there has to be. I don't care, man. I want vacation for room service. Don't even hate. <sighs> anyway, that to me would just be special. Um, and I hope that when and if in the near future we're all living in the same state, we could have just standing dates that like we set a, set apart as like, this is our time. Because if it's not intentional in that way, it's so much harder to make happen. And just the same way as like we have our annual bomb squad Christmas party, like we have our monthly bomb squad wine night or whatever it is. Um, I just want more face to face time. That's what I hope because that's what makes me happy. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like I that have to do a caveat a and afterwards to let people know about this story. Because if there's a group that represents Hot Mess Express, it is you people. Okay? You so. people. Yes. 
<laughs> my dearest friends. You guys, thank you for being on the show. I, I hope that this is practical, applicable, and that um, this is a testament for those that maybe are embarking on new friendships and hope that they will last 20 and 25 years. So friend, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for giving me space and grace. Thank you for being intentional. Thank you for the early morning texts and the late night prayers. I just appreciate you. And I'm looking forward to the next 20 years of friendship. I'm so glad we were able to take a trip down memory lane. But before we end the podcast, I just have to ask these quick questions. What happens when a relationship can't or doesn't move forward? How can we end friendships well? I alluded to this a little bit in the podcast, but sometimes we have to just realize that not all friendships are forever friendships. So the first thing that we have to do is evaluate our friendships. I wanted to take a close look at what friendships look like in our lives and whether or not we should continue to invest time, energy, and effort into those relationships in our life that we think are friends. And sometimes even very close, very poignant relationships simply have run their course. So let's highlight two practical ways that we can evaluate our friendships and decide how to move forward. The first one that I want to note is release. The release of a friend is a powerful act of maturity. When you feel like you can no longer be friends or give that friend what they need in that particular season, don't be afraid to be honest with them and don't be afraid to release them. In like manner, don't be selfish and hold on to the person out of fear. Like, oh, if this one friend leaves, I'll have no one else. People who feel trapped often grow resentment and anger towards a friend that just hasn't released them to grow up or move on. Being a self-aware friend and admitting that the season that you're in is, is this another sign of maturity? Can you just admit to yourself or to them and say, I think our friendship has more run its course. As hard as it is, admitting that there's a problem is the first step to gaining clarity on how to move forward in a friendship, even if that means releasing a friend from that relationship. And the second thing I want us to hold on to is reality. So the first is release and the second is reality. Sometimes we just have to evaluate and realize that the thing that once tied us together is no longer there. There's a friend group in the Bible, and it's two characters by the name of Ruth and Naomi. And Ruth and Naomi were bound together through marriage, as in uh, Naomi's son had married Ruth, but then Naomi's son died. So the bond, the contract, the marital covenant that kept this family together was no longer there. The reality was the relationship between Naomi and Ruth was no longer bound by marriage their association for friendship was no longer needed. Without the marriage to her son, what relationship did Naomi really have with Ruth? Now, I want us to think about that as we evaluate our friendships. If there's a friendship that was formed as a byproduct of another friendship or a situation and something changes, as in your married friend gets divorced or a friend has a falling out with a mutual friend or the job contract where you met that friend, it terminates. There might be a time where you have to evaluate whether or not that relationship should continue. It might be time for a reality check. The painful truth is that some friendships are seasonal. That doesn't mean that those relationships were fake or phony or fraudulent. It simply means that those friends were in our lives for a reason and for a season. We can walk away feeling bitter because we invested time and energy into someone who walked away or feeling because of all the wonderful things that came out of the relationship, we are better because of them. Either way, it's important to ask ourselves, did that friend need to be released? Am I aware of the reality of the situation? Sometimes a relationship has run its course and we need to let go. Friends, this is okay. It doesn't mean that you're bad or your friend was bad. It means that it was the end of the friendship and that season was over. This might simply be proximity. Maybe they moved away or you moved away and distance is limited conversations or commonalities. The girls' nights and the coffee dates are no longer possible and distance between you has pulled your friendship apart. 
is it time to face reality and release them? If you feel like your friendship has run its course, I'm begging you not to ignore those signs or sweep them under the rug. If we avoid conflict or hard conversation, it will limit our maturity and cause even greater pain in the future. I hope this podcast has helped you. And if you want to share this with some of your girlfriends or send this to someone who you want to be your friend, you can tag me at Bianca Oltoff to win one of five copies of Playing With Fire. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Wherever you listen to, I hope you subscribe, rate the show and share the show so that this episode can get into the ears of so many other people. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can become a subscriber at Access More or wherever fine podcasts are listed. I'm grateful for you guys and I can't wait for the upcoming episodes to share with you. Until then, you're my pearls.